Greetings, film fans. We're here on a soggy spring day, but uh, the sun will come out tomorrow. And uh, the Southside Three, Carl Middleman, Dan Buffa, and uh, Lynn Benhouse, we're going to tell you all the news you need to know about movies and what's happening and what's cool and what you should avoid, like the plague. Dan, yes. she's, and there is something this week to avoid, like the plague. She started with an Annie reference. That's right. <laughs> yeah. the, but none of these movies the are Annie-esque. Come out tomorrow. None of these movies are Annie-esque. Here's our table of contests. It's a packed show today. We start off with The Curse of La Llorona. Then 10 minutes in, we talk about Breakthrough. Around 19 minutes, we talk about the new Disney nature film, Penguins. At 20 minutes, we talk about Penguin Highway. At 30 minutes, we talk about Amazing Grace. Around 35 minutes peterloo around 36 high life then we get into dvds around 50 minutes we talk about glass around 56 minutes the kid who would be king 58 minutes miss bala 59 minutes escape room at one hour we talk about lego movie 2 around 104 we get into movie news starting with star wars trailer then at 114 hobbs and shaw around 120 question of the week jesus christ superstar or godspell and then movie news and what's coming up next week right before we end at an hour and a half which one shall we start with lynn why don't you start with the horror movie that oh no saw? curse it, of okay hold on I didn't take Spanish. I took French. So I had a Spanish teacher tell me how to say two L's is pronounced like a Y. Oh. So it's the curse of La Llorona. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. So it's L-L-O-R-O-N. So it's Ya-ro-na. Well, that's why they have the Ya-ro-na. The the, gotcha. the ceramics, you know, the Yadros. I'm just going to call it that curse movie. <laughs> the curse movie. And it is um, not scary. Oh, well, that's... It's not scary. It's rated R because it starts off with a series of child murders. Oh. And you see the mom drowning the kids in the in the river or lake or something. It's, it's, it's really weird. Uh, Marisol... Um, Marisol, what is her name? Marisol, I've got it right here. Marisol Ramirez plays La Yarona, and she has she, she's herself at the beginning, and then of course she becomes a demon because she's ashamed of what she has Ooh. done, and it takes place in the 1600s, and she's ashamed, so she she's cursed to walk the earth to find children to replace hers. This is actually a real thing. In and Mexico, Raymond Cruz is in this movie. Raymond Cruz doing movies, and Linda Cardinelli from Freaks Green and Geeks, Book. and the Academy Award winner for Best Picture, Green Book. She's she actually, great. In that she's movie. really good. She's really she good. has the. It's a good closing line. She has the best line at the very end of the film, and of course, she was on ER and died in a pool of blood. So now, she is doing horror movies and uh, she's playing the mom this is uh and she was also in a simple favor last year as the lesbian lover of blake lively i didn't i didn't see it oh it's a uh, anna kendrick and blake lively it's blake a very lively. odd movie but it's a good movie yeah yeah, yeah. it's very odd I, I did not see it but linda cardinelli plays the ex-lover of one of those two women and so now she's playing a mom for the second time in a row she was just in uh green and also there's also a nod to her earlier work because the film takes place in the early 70s, 73 or 74, and Scooby-Doo's on the TV. And it's funny, and she comes in and tells the kids to turn the TV off because she was Velma. Aha. Uh-huh. 
So well, she was in Freaks and Geeks too. Yeah, she that was her first thing. That's yeah. first thing, and then and Jim Batts loves her. Uh, she, she I I like she's. How how do I say this? She's playing the adult. Everyone still looks at her and she thinks she's a kid, but she's like, I'm an adult. I'm playing. She's like in her forties. She's playing adult roles now. She's playing the mom, and she she's good at playing the mom. Except the movie is not scary. It's uh, there's like two maybe jump scares, and it's not the fault of the kids. The kids are fine. Um, You've got the the boy who's a little older and the girl who's a young one. She's the one that uh, you see in the tub, and the La Llorona is trying. Fingers. Yes, is trying to kill her, and so Linda Carnelli plays Anna, and she is a social worker. And she didn't die in ER. You're, you got her mixed up with the girl that died with Noah Wiley. Who's the, who's which one was that one? That was a very lesser known actress. Her character Sam lived. I was curious about. Oh that. well, didn't she? Wasn't she in like a pool of blood? No, that that was the one. Remember where the patient jumps? I didn't Noah watch Island? ER. I did. I did, but I can't remember. Well, she was on well, ER. That, so in this movie, she has kids and she's a social worker. And she messes up. I reading the plot. I think she kind of makes a mistake. Doesn't well, she's she, she she's a social worker, and La Llorona is after uh, one of her charges children so she goes there and like the kids are locked up because the mom's trying to protect the kids from the curse (laughs) but of course when the police show up and the two kids are locked in a closet she has to let them out so of course that allows the witch to kill the kids and so she the mother blames anna social work so yes and it's on (laughs) and well it would have been it would have been different if of course we rewrote the movie on the way home. Let's if there it, was yeah. more of the supernatural fighting the real world, like so if the police kept missing the supernatural part of this, they just thought that the mom was going nuts. They just like, well, she's got an alibi. We don't know what's going on. If there was more ambiguity there, it would have made the movie better because then you'd know because you can't go to the police and say, Hey, um, there's this uh, 400-year-old curse trying to kill my kids, and so they think that they think you're crazy. But other than that, the movie is not scary. It's um, uh, you've got Tony Amendola playing a priest in a very small role, and he refers that because you can't go to the police, you have to go to the church, and so Tony Amendola refers them to Raymond Cruz, who plays a former priest. Mm. He still loves God. He still loves the Lord, he just doesn't love the church. And so he is the uh, badass guy who's going to save everybody, and he gets out, he's got out his sage, and he's got the the wood of a tree that witnessed the original curse, <laughs> and it's so great. And the kids actually act like kids, especially the little girl. Her doll's outside, and it's a very tense moment because you can't you can't cross the line to get the doll. And so, of course... The child is doing everything they can to get her doll. And then, of course, the adults screw it up, and then they let the... See, she's not a witch. She's just a cursed mom. It's just... It's convoluted, and the story is much better if I told it correctly. But also, it would also be better if it was thrilling. It's it's a good story... And there is something that I'm not telling you about this because I think this would actually make it enjoyable further but if you are interested in this kind of bloodless gore you you might like it 
it would actually be a you could probably show it on network television it's that not gore it's it's a said tame it's tame it's a and, tame r-rated horror film well it's because the, the reason nasty. it's rated r is because you see children get murdered in the first scene yeah child endangerment is enough to get an r so rating like the a, language isn't that bad either it's kind of like it where the, you know, that first scene with the right, kid is the kid very gets, traumatic right but they they also throw the f bomb a lot yes, because yeah, the kid because right. that's what kids do, yeah. and so besides that first scene, I think you could show it because there were kids there, and I of course thought that that was dumb. I'm like, why would you bring kids to an R movie? And then at the end of them, like, kids could see this just fine. I don't think it's going to be scary, and the way it ends, of course, is also pretty out there, and it could lead into a sequel and. The way that these movies are being made now, of course, there'll be like 17 sequels. And, uh, but the thing is, like, uh, the director of this movie, uh, I think he did Annabelle Creation. Okay, because there's a, con- I knew there was a well, conjuring- James, James Wan, James Wan is a producer on this. Okay. So they say, from the producers of The Conjuring. But and it's so, not near as good as The Conjuring. Well, no, no, no. And no. The Conjuring 2 is actually, I think. Conjuring 2 is better than the original Conjuring. And Annabelle Creation is better than Annabelle. So what's been going on in these types of movies, the second one is better than the first one. So hopefully, like this, it will... uh, If they do make a second curse of La Llorona... Very good. I'm trying. uh, It will be better. And uh, it's, it's, it's long, too. I took Fran, a French and we, oui. yeah. So that's bad. We we knew what the Notre Dame. Uh, we knew what the French people were saying when Notre Dame ah. was burning, didn't we? Yes, we did. Well, okay. I, if it, it all when you're over there, it all comes back to you. When you're over here, you, you don't even <laughs> think about it. So uh, wait till this movie comes out on anything but a theater. Okay, we are going Either to talk way. about the Christian movie uh. with the local connection <laughs> that It's uh, Holy Week, Dan. It's Holy Week I don't and care. it's going to do it's critic proof. It's going to do a ton of business and it's called Breakthrough. And people love Chrissy Metz. They do. Because, so scares or prayers. And from the director of an episode of This Is Us is Roxanne Dawson. So in this movie, uh, Joyce Smith, played by Chrissy Metz, proclaims that God saved my son. Well, let me save you from this movie mm-hmm. in like a three-minute review. Look, if you're a Christian, as Glenn just said, you're going to love this movie because it's just really? it's totally, yeah. Christi- Christians can don't have to like things. Well, just very devout. Christian. It's very people devout Christian very religious. Devout. If you think that God can control and save people, this is your movie for the, everybody else. Stay away from it. Look, it isn't like John Smith's story is not good. I mean, he fell below ice. He was dead. They he, saved him. And then, and then somebody uh, called doctors and nurses and surgeons saved him. Now, do they say that the doctors and nurses saved him? No. Or do they say it was just God? Most of the movie, I mean, look, I watched this. I watched it about a month ago. Uh, because they had about 19 screenings for this movie. And, um, and I missed them and, all. And, and this could have been a movie where, look, if they could have just did it better, it's just so TV movie-ish. movie-ish. Yeah. It's got Topher Grace as the priest who just never ages. He's Topher Grace from everything else. Josh Lucas has a terrible scene where he tries to emote. And I know Josh Lucas can act, even though he's taking the last like 10 years off. Um, 
in this movie, he's terrible as the husband. Um, Dennis Haysbert, famously known as Pedro Serrano from Major League, plays the best surgeon or doctor in he the world. He also played the, the president pre- of yeah, the United the, States. Yeah, the and, president and on 24. And uh, in, if you like insurance, he's the all-state guy. But in this movie, even he has to, he looks like he's snoozing half the time. Does Josh Lucas look like he's phoning it in? He's phoning it in. There's one scene where there's a tense moment between Joyce and her husband, uh, whose name's Brian Smith. All the names are just <laughs> Smith. 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 And, you know, it's a tense moment because her son is, you know, he's not waking up. And Josh Lucas literally has to turn away from the camera and go, eh, eh, eh. it's just the most feeble attempt to cry. Well, none of the stars except for Chrissy Metz went on the tour, the no. uh, interview tour, and all the local people were there, the pastor and the, the real people, and uh, they had a lot of first responders at the... Yes. at the. And Luke uh, Cage. So wait a minute, at, they're, at the, they're honoring right. the sp- first responders for getting the body so the Lord can save? But yes, didn't um, you know God pulled him out of that water? He told the first responder where to look in that water car. Oh, okay. Well, um, to, no, uh, I did not know that. Dan and I have personal stories with doctors we saving well, our children, which we're going to get to. Let me just mention that Luke Cage on Netflix, uh, Mike Coulter, plays one of the first responders, and even he is just like, what am I doing in this movie? <laughs> well, um, I, I will say, Josh Lucas, you said, where has he been for 10 He's years? Been, he was, he so was on TV. He played he played the Tom Cruise character in a, re, in a TV version of The Firm. And he played a younger version of Kevin Costner in the Paramount Network series Yellowstone. And he also was uh, Deborah Messing's husband in The Mysteries of Laura. So he's doing a lot of TV. So a lot of TV mm. and the Home Depot uh, ads oh, yeah. on, on the radio. It's Dennis Leary on Ford Trucks and it's Josh Lucas on Home Depot. But it's just this movie. I mean, look, it, it is critic proof. If you're a devout religious person, you will love this movie. It will go down like kettle corn. But if you're not, it's just you're just going to look around going, this is a bad amateurish TV movie. I don't think you're giving the Christians enough credit. They know when something's bad. Uh, I don't know. I, mean, I think it's going to make mean, a ton of money. Cause, it will. Well, yeah, so that that's because church groups go out and they go see this movie. They don't have to necessarily like it. They will fill up oh. a bus to go watch this movie. Yes, but they don't have to necessarily think but it's the gonna do. Well, I, but I think they'll find some pleasure in it, though, but it has to do with the healing power of faith. Well, uh, it's a true story. I googled breakthrough to find out the show times to see if I could see it, Don't. and it's all sold uh, out. It was there were so many church groups posting that they were having groups going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, they're they're getting the word Tuesday, out that they're all going to go together to see this. If Tuesday, you go, if, if, if you go Tuesday, any part of the day. That parking lot's going to be full of Marcus Ronnie's. It uh-huh. is going to be stuffed. So, um, <laughs> so uh, many first rules. of all, disclaimer. We are not against Christians. We're not. We are um, uh, practicing. I'm a practicing Catholic. But as Lynn so, will tell you, you have a story. I have a story. Both we've had both had family members in the hospital, and I can tell you that I didn't. I, I God didn't save my son from dying of a heart condition. Doctors and nurses did. But right. But God put those doctors and nurses oh, there, and they go. studied. Science, <laughs> um, Science well, did. Okay. I. This is my beef. Okay. So. My friend's 12-year-old son died of cancer, so it was because he didn't pray. 
No. See, this is the thing that drives me crazy is that why is because they prayed their son was saved. Um, and nobody my, else's. My youngest son was in the hospital, airlifted with bacterial meningitis. You he are almost, not meant to understand God's ways. He Lynn. almost died. Um, had the ER nurse not figured out that, hey, he needs a spinal tap, uh, I would have a you know different story. But we were praying. I mean, but we were we were. He was saved by the technology and science of modern medicine. Yes. Yeah, like my son was literally, when he was several, maybe six, seven weeks old, he had a heart condition called Wolf Parkinson White, and he had to be rushed to the hospital, and he was gone for a matter of seconds. They had to shock his heart, Mm -hmm. and he came back. And that's just the hard work of many nurses. And Vinny. And and many doctors, and Vinny, fighting his butt off when he was only a matter of weeks old, maybe a month and a half. So, look, it's just, even if if you buy into the Christian and the religious stuff, it's still just not a really well-done movie. And there is a, a scene Lynn, where they do, where the kid kind of thinks, why me? And he does have a problem with that. But it's very quick, and it's very dusted over and brushed wrong, and and it's just, the movie, the acting, the directing, it's nothing special. If you, again, if you love religious stories, healing powers, you'll you'll see this movie, and you'll like it to, to some degree. I just think... It's very manipulative. It manipulates your emotions and your feelings. See, it'll do well the first week, and then people will find out it it's will, not a good movie. And it will drop. The church groups will have already gone to yes. the film, and they won't go back. And also, you know, if the, it was the, a good the movie. release schedule gets a little bit tougher in right. the later part of the month. Well, they're doing it Easter week, so they, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's, it's very right. well timed. I'll give it that. It just when I watched this movie, I went out like that was like a, a seat landmark uh, Hallmark Channel movie of the week. Well, the original title, and we saw it on the posters, was Miracle from Heaven. Okay. And that was the original title. Now, That's a better I'm, title. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, a more I believe title. in miracles, and I do believe in divine intervention, but we still have others, all these people. People and it's the great mystery of life. Why do some children die and some children live? We don't know. We have friends who've mm-hmm. all lost uh, loved ones, so right. it's the great mystery of life. But God have like your your anointed special that that just is you know. I believe in miracles. Where are you from, you sexy thing? All right, let's. <laughs> I believe in miracles. <laughs> All, All right. right, so what's okay, next? Let's Are... move on. Penguins. We have Penguin. Penguin movie. I didn't see the Disney nature film. No, but peng- it, but isn't it Ed Helms? Doesn't it look like good for Ed Helms? He's doesn't... taken over that that narrating job. Well, they've had a lot of people do it. Yeah. Well, no, they've done ten of them now. Yeah, it doesn't March of the Penguins. So there's the there's, 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 like March of there's the Earth Day film, and then there's the Japanese anime film, which so, we're going to talk about. But I will say I I'm partial to penguins. Uh, the the our little penguin and puffin area of the zoo is mm-hmm. just adorable. So I'm 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 enjoying the penguin movies. Well, uh, Morgan Freeman did March of the Penguins. Ed Helms does penguins. Good. I guess Morgan Freeman was Let's busy. See. So what? Uh, no, well, I'm, I'm, I would imagine they wouldn't want to use him because he, you know, it would be yeah, conflated yeah. and different. I'm much. sure it's a different style because they've had Pierce Brosnan do these. Pierce Brosnan. 
uh, and who doesn't like watching of cute monkeys and bears and every every chimpanzee year they have chimpanzee it, it, was that, and last one was uh, what was it uh, and the cool thing I think the science center puts on that movie for a week or something right 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 at the IMAX yeah, the IMAX well I grew up with uh, with uh, Marlon Perkins. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dana Brown it? Coffee. The United. Um, no, it's Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom. Wild Kingdom. That's what you're that thinking of, ladies. Oh, oh and, yeah. You know, so we grew up with that. But Sponsored by Dana Brown Coffee. <laughs> but the, the penguins and the puffins are really fun to watch. But, and I, and I, I did want to go see that movie, but it was game one of the Jets Blues series. Yeah, this is. And the, they won that game. This is Blues the hockey blue. season. So movies are chosen wisely by hockey fans. So when they send us a link to see a Japanese anime film that's two hours long with subtitles, my wife said two things. One, well, it's subtitled. I can't leave the room and do something else. I'm either in or I'm out. And she was in because my daughter likes the Japanese anime. And she also said it was too long. I don't know about that. I I, I liked it. I mentioned two words to my wife last night. It's like Japanese anime, and she was. She said no. I enjoyed it thoroughly. I was mad. It, it's to called, me, it's, it's called magical. Penguin Highway, right? And it won some awards last year in Japan. Mm-hmm. It was nominated for their animated, uh, their oh, Annies. Yeah, their animated world. I expect it to be nominated at the end of this year because it's. It has. It's weird. It is weird. It has a fun story. It's a coming of age story. Fifth grader and fourth. He starts in fourth grader and then says a fifth grader. He has three thousand eight hundred and eighty-eight days until he becomes an adult. So he's ten years old. Yes, and he is a genius and he's smart, but he knows it, and he enlists his smart friends. What I love about this is Oyama is his name. Yes, and he. Love science, and so that's why this and is a chess. fun movie. And chess, and he likes to. He and his father, he gets rewards when he deduces and conducts experiments. Rewards of chocolate, and so he likes to experiment. And he writes down notes every day, and there's always a project he's working on. And he's in love with his dental hygienist, <laughs> who, um, because it's coming of age, this is prepubescent boys, and the script does not shy away from. Those uh, boobs. Yeah, boobs. In fact, that's all he talks about. (laughs) I guarantee that if you looked at a script, the word boobs is in this a high percentage of time. Oh, yes. And that's what makes it fun because it is... He says boobs a lot. Yeah, and it's typical boys. It's just typical boys. So we start out, it's very lush, natural world. You know, Japan is beautiful. And the animation is beautiful, too. Some of the animation looks like it's a photograph. So it's well done. It is. It's just really so. Uh, is it, so is interesting. It, it's not stop motion. It's just no, kind no. of clear old, good old fashioned animation. It's anime. Oh, yeah. It's it's very very beautiful. But si- science and fiction anime. Done. In fact, mm. I had a look to see if it was Studio Ghibli. I thought, oh, is this Studio Ghibli? No, and it wasn't. Well, it's based. It's based on a book. Yeah, best selling book from uh, ten years ago from Japan. So, so why this? This is the fantastical scientific world, and then we have the natural world. And what starts us out the reason it's called Penguin Highway. Uh, another nod to March of the Penguins, you know, the Penguin Highway coming through. That's so, an actual the, thing. A Penguin yeah. Highway is an actual thing. They know how to get from A to B by taking the Penguin Highway where they just all follow each other. Right. The director is Hiroyashu Ishida. Yes, Nicely and it's his done. first okay. feature. Yes. But he's done a lot of acclaimed shorts before. So the... the and it was released... In, it was, I'm sorry, Lynn, yeah. It was released in Japan 
a year ago in July of last year. And then it was released wide in Japan August of last year. So it has been out, and we're finally getting it over here. Right. It opened April 12th in other parts of the country. Here, uh, we have to note this, it doesn't start until Monday, April 22nd. And it's going to be at several Marcus Theaters, Ronnie's, Chesterfield, O'Fallon 15, and I think St. Charles. So so yeah, it is, but it doesn't start till Monday. But I recommend this, because if you like magical experiences... It's, it's, it's weird, and... Even though it's based in science, as they've said, on <laughs> future science is today's magic. So you don't, oh, ooh, that's magic. If you don't have an explanation for it, you magic it away. But there is a scientific explanation for it. Maybe our brains just cannot handle this. But right, it, there's this giant ball of water in this Japanese town, and no one knows how it has arrived. Sure. And so these kids are doing experiments on it every day. And, oh, they're having a blast. It's like it's summer adventures. It's like the adventures of these young kids. And uh, what starts out is all of a sudden these penguins arrive in this little village. And, and then they disappear. And, and they're freaking out. Like, why do we have penguins? And uh, the, the, the dental hygienist... Or, or does she just work in the front? It's never. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't have a name, and she doesn't. You never know what her job is. You just see her sitting down at at the dentist office. Yeah, she works at the. Yeah, she. He just, just works calls at her the, the lady, and then she starts hanging around this kid, and then she and, never calls him by his name either. She just says "young man." Yeah, and it's and, really weird. Yeah, and and she takes him to task for certain things. So she throws a soda he's, can he's up very, in there. Oh, go yeah. ahead. Go. You, that's a great say, part. He. Um, she throws a soda can up in the air and it turns into a penguin. He had been tied to a soda machine by bullies. There's three bullies in his class. All of his contemporaries, he's got the best friend, he's got the rival slash future girlfriend, except you don't think so because he's already in love with this dental hygienist. Who's, who's, who has a very nice figure, I will say. Yes, she does. And he focuses on that figure a lot. And so, and then it gets weird. It, it it is it is very if you have watched a Studio Ghibli movie and you go, uh, this is not for me. This movie's not for you. It you it does make a right turn and then it gets really weird. But it is a cute little coming of age love story, and the kid the kid says one day I will be worthy of you, and then he wants to see her when they're both adults. Oh, it's very cute. My daughter cried. She thought it was great i i gave it an a i was enchanted by it i like the coming of age story i like the artwork i like the fantastical elements of it and also the we should be arc. applauding smart kids who love science right. i mean that's a really good it's a very thing. inspiring movie right and they're so polite you know japanese people how they're little the little nods the little bows mm -hmm. but it shows you how universal uh pre prebescent boys right. are <laughs> Uh is his friend who he pictures himself getting a, getting the Nobel Prize for science. And I'm like, your friend wouldn't be up there with you. The girl would be. Uh, her name is Hamamoto. And she she's his equal. Oh. But, you know, I think she likes him, but he likes the older girl. Yeah. and But she's a chess whiz. But, and then he finally beats her. And then once once he beats her, she shows him his experiment, he shows him her experiment. He had to prove himself worthy 
this is what makes the movie two hours long. Yeah. Well, they go into this forest, and everybody has been freaked out, scared of this forest. Because she's she started spreading rumors that there was, like, the night moon in there that will kill everyone. And all yeah. these kids believed it, so no one goes in the forest, including the bully, Suzuki, who actually has a major character arc and, and goes from point A through point B. And it, it, it's very childlike. Oh, yeah, it is. I just found it very enchanting, and it's so different. You know, because nowadays in our animated world, in American animation, it's fast, 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 and it's simple stories, and it's just, you know, and this just has so many layers to it. Like, you're watching it, and you just keep going, and it keeps going and turning in different directions, and and it engages you in these characters. It's a hard sell, Lynn, because Japanese, with subtitles. Subtitles, it does. Anime, what's, I, he... (laughs) In the big climactic moment, she lets him hug her right there. Doesn't I thought I said it's it's going to be weird if she a shows him or b lets him touch her, but yet he just she puts his head right there and gives him a big squeeze, and I'm like that kid's in heaven. Okay. And he was very open sexually. This movie, well, I know. I, I just I mean I sat it's better up. Than I was missing like, Link. I know. I was like, whoa. Oh, I know. You know, to, to, to add that in there, and I thought, well, that's It does sound bold. more ambitious and more enchanting than Missing Link. Yeah. But she does have to say, hey, my eyes are up here a couple yeah, times. Yeah, Are you going to stuck some boobs in Mr. Link's face and we've been over in 40 minutes? Yes, and that would have been, been great. Shangri-La, forget that. Zoe Saldana or even Emma Thompson. What, the yaks? Don't oh, forget them. I got boobs. But it's just, it just reminds it's, you it's, a, it's a hard you know, sell. I know, but I know it's Well, the next movie that I'm going to review is not going to be an easy sell either, but there's a lot of sexuality in that well so, so so it's a lot of it's a lot of a uh, hard-selling sexuality filled movie. I, I i really enjoyed it. i i thought it was good and lynn loved it i go. i did i just was i just was enchanted so the next movie we have is called amazing grace and it's a concert film of aretha franklin aretha. in 1972 in watts la singing with the uh, what church uh, choir. Is it? a choir and aretha as you can expect takes us to church so it's a wonderful film, but it's it's a documentary concert movie. So basically, that's what you're getting. It's the New Bethel Baptist Church, and the pastor is wonderful. I really liked that guy, and I totally forget. Oh, Reverend James Cleveland. Yes. So they're just releasing this now, I suppose, because of— She passed? She passed. Well, they probably found it. <laughs> she probably had it in her— uh... It's like, yeah, it's like archive. Like all the print stuff. Right. And this is Aretha in 1972. She grew up in the church. Her dad was a pastor. So she's very much at home in this setting. And then all the, all the choir, the gospel choir, they're just so entranced that, mm-hmm. oh, my God, we're singing with Aretha. And so for those oh, of you. Oh, Sidney Pollack directed this movie. Yeah. Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, they, I, they, he, he must have completed it, it yeah, before he, he died. Yeah, it, yeah, because yeah, they show him. I for, I forgot to mention that they show him, and I went, wait, wait. Well, he he must have shot out. it all. Yeah, yeah. So so it's so it's they a re- rare he find. he had all of it, and it, they're saying it's realized by Alan Elliott. So he must have done all the editing on it, and Jeff Buchanan edited it as well. So it it's a Sidney Pollack film, but he passed on. Right. And so they found it. Yeah. See, so it was either in Aretha's uh, archives or Sidney Pollock's archives. 
Right, two greats leaving. Well, when I was growing up in the '60s, Motown was my jam. They uh, well, they, she wasn't on Motown. She was on Atlantic. That's right, she was. But in terms of all those, like, like you know, we would be at school dances, junior high dances, and we would be dancing all to the to the hits of Smokey and Aretha and the Marva, uh, Martha and the Vandellas and the Supremes. Oh my God, the Supremes. So. Um, if you enjoy uh, uh, the old soul singers like mm-hmm. Aretha, and if you, I do love a gospel choir, so I, I enjoy. And Mick it Jagger's in the movie. He's watching in the audience. <laughs> Does he say anything, or is he just they just shoot him? Yeah, yeah just shoot him. That's all right. Because you know it's not his movie. They said it was going to be on a double bill with Superfly. His, he, he already had his con. He's had two concert films with right. Martin Scorsese. Right. Uh, it was going to be part of a double bill as aid. with Superfly in 1972, but he couldn't complete the film because he didn't have a clapperboard, so they couldn't synchronize the music to the video by the time that they wanted to release it. And then it sat in a vault for 38 years. Wow. Wow. And so they, I now I guess it's easier to do that. I know. I, concert films were quite a thing back in the 70s and the 80s, and they've kind of fallen out of favor. But um, uh, they uh, were going Aretha sued not to have this released in 2011. Really? Because uh, the original contract was, they no one had a copy of the original contract, so they had to find that, and then uh, she sued him again. And then... Uh, she died, <laughs> and then she's not going to sue anymore, and her family probably uh, said, "Okay, is getting paid for it." Yeah, well, that's another thing too. Lawyers get involved, and you know, it's yeah, it's it changes things. Hell. But yeah, so I told Dan I didn't uh, do a print review of it because you know you can't say a whole lot about a concert film. You either like that kind of music or you don't. You know, and so that's just like what Jerry choice. Seinfeld said. Why would you review a comedy show? They already laughed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't tell them to go back and not yeah, think see, it's see, funny. For me, I'm kind of a stickler. I, 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 every movie I watch, I want to review. But this would probably be like one of those really quick foreigner words. Like, look, if you like Aretha Franklin, if you like to be kind of enchant- I mean, like lifted up by music and gospel, then it's a good little thing to do. But it, it does kind of seem like a plain Jane experience. Yeah. It's nothing new. Nothing Not, new. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's kind of one of those things but it you would go. Would have been good. Would you have enjoyed this more if it came out in 1972? Probably because you know that was at the. I mean, that was. It's when... kind of thing that kind of sells itself. The poster is pretty self-explanatory. It's her it, face. That's it. <laughs> Boom. That's her when face we were pro- and her voice. That's when we were protesting everything. Nineteen seventy-two. I was a senior in high school and, and freshman in college, so we were into protest mode all the time. <laughs> all right. So I'm just saying that would have been good, you know. But I mean, it was a. It, it captures a time yeah. and a place. So that's good. Now, another movie that captures its time and place, but we weren't able to see it in time, is called Peter Lou. It's based on a very famous a pro-democratic rally massacre in England. And Mike Lee yes. of, of uh, Secrets and Lies mm-hmm. and other movies, he directed it, and it's on Amazon Studios. So that will be released on Friday. Uh, and uh, Amazon's taking care of it, but we didn't get the link in time. So it's a small sell for Amazon. They're not going. I don't online. know any of the actors in here. 
and yeah. I like British things. So um, I'm going to see it. I just, you know, it sounds very intense, and it sounds like one of the hallmarks. Oh, Roy of... Kinnear's in it. I know him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, the last movie Dan saw with uh, one of our faves, uh, Robert Pattinson, is High Time? High Life. High, High, High Life. Life. And it, it is the, um, uh, it's the American directorial debut of Claire Denis. Uh, French director. Wee, more French stuff. Oh yeah, she's done. And this movie, and kind of like a little bit of Penguin Highway, it is a very sexual film. It's really? a very. Uh, I, 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 what I use is it's courageous. I think this is a very courageous, very well done movie. It's it's the outer space film we haven't seen yet. Where instead of just kind of you know getting to like the action part of it that they explores what it does to the human mind it explores what it does to your sexuality up there when you're isolated yeah the plot is pretty straightforward it is it is a a ship full of death row inmates and they're on a one kind of a death a suicide mission into outer space to explore and possibly capture the energy that the black hole in space generates. So it's yeah, but one of now those we things... know what a black hole looks like. There you go. So it's a very timely release, mm -hmm. I, I think unintentionally. But they are trying to collect data. And so they gather up these death row inmates and say, hey, you know, we'll take care of your families if you, you know, go on this mission. And the, the basis of the movie, if you looked it up on IMDb, is that it's a father and daughter, Robert Pattinson, who I think is one of the most you know, um, challenging, he takes challenging roles. Ever after, since Twilight. After Ever being in Twilight, and, and, and this is what he did. He built up a nest egg with Twilight, made a lot of money, and now, just like his co-star and former girlfriend, Kristen Stewart, they get to do these art house movies. And this is a very art house, outer space movie. This is not the kind of thing that's like Event Horizon mm -hmm. with Lawrence Fishburne, where it's just action, 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 chaos. It starts out with with Robert Pattinson's character and his daughter, who is who is an infant in the beginning of the movie, and they are trying to survive on this ship that has basically been abandoned. The mission's gone bad. Everybody's gone, and they're dead. But you don't know how. So it starts out in, in the current, in the modern day uh Moment, but then the rest of the movie goes back. Which so is you, weird because you said it's very sexual and it's just it is. him and his and daughter. Sexuality, <laughs> no, I mean, it's not that part. It, it, it's, sexuality is explored with the rest of the crew. Okay. And and the biggest thing is Juliette Binoche's, I'm going to call her a mad doctor. She is the one that's kind of in charge of giving these inmates the medicine, giving them their jobs so and their tasks. So they can task. survive in space. And, but also, how she, also not to survive, but also she can manipulate them. She gives them certain doses of drugs because she has a secret goal and I don't want to reveal that goal yeah, but it, it, but it's nothing to do with the mission of the black hole and getting that data she has her own little thing on her mind and it's the, one of the best roles for Julia Binoche in a long time well, because she she started with uh Kristen Stewart. Yes. And, 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 <laughs> and so now she's now with and, Robert Pattinson. And the thing about her character is that you you understand what she's trying to do, but you also know that she's kind of crazy. And, and, you don't, and you know she has some evil intentions. Robert Pattinson's character doesn't have a lot of lines, but he is able to give a performance that is both, you know, inspiring for an actor because he's able to transmit just with an expression or a look because his character... You, you don't know what half these people have done, but you know they're death row inmates. They've basically done some bad stuff. But you find out what happened to the crew. You find out that, you know, there was some violent ends and there was some paranoia. But 
uh, there, it does contain the single greatest and most sexually explicit masturbation scene with mm-hmm. one character. And it, that just tells you how courageous this film is. Because I think she could have made a film. Is it a, a male or a female person? It is, is a female. And is it Juliette Binoche? It is Juliette Binoche. I will tell you that. Because, and once this Ooh, scene she's happens. She's taken some risks. She is. And, and Lynn, I think you can say that about the movie. This movie takes a risk. Because it, it's it's a slow building movie. It's, it's, it's not just about a father and a daughter trying to survive in space. That is the backbone of the movie, but you need to find out what happened to them to get them to that point. Because you're thinking, okay, so who is the mother of the baby? You don't know that until the very end. Oh, and but you do find out. You do find out, and it's kind of really unpredictable, and it's it's heartbreaking in a way because you know it's a suicide mission. So you know they're going on this data-gathering mission, but they're not going to make it. But, you know, what happens in the end, kind of, it doesn't really wrap it up with a nice little bow, and I liked it. This is kind of an independent hmm. film that meets a commercial film because Outer Space screams, you know, it screams commercially viable. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, a space movie. But it's well, a very. No, a movie like Moon. Like that. Or it's very else. much like that. It's a French independent commercial movie because you have Robert Pattinson, Juliette Binoche. And Andre Benjamin's got a good role in it. Mia Goth, who plays one of the inmates' crew members, she has a bizarre role because she plays a catalyst in what happens in the second half of the movie. But, you know, it's not just, okay, what happened to the crew. They really develop these characters. You get to know every one of them. And whether you don't like them or not, few of these... I hope he dies. Well, yeah, none of these characters are really 100% redeemable good guys are good people but they all have a reason they have a story and i think that this is a movie that and the more i thought about it over the next week i liked it more and more like i i Those and are I, the best kind it is and and them. here's the thing people i haven't wrote i haven't written my review i haven't really staged up how i want to write this article and it may be one where i kind of write a paragraph and delete it because it's so visually stunning the way that she shoots this movie and the cinematography is great. The production design is great. All that's going to be Oscar worthy. I think Robert Pattinson is very good, but I think Juliette Binoche should ha- has to be represented at the end of the year hmm. because she takes a role that I think ninety nine percent of other actresses could have played all right, but they couldn't have gotten to the depth of the character that she did. Well, before uh, Clouds of Sils Maria, which mm. is which Carl mm. and I just love, love that movie. Uh, you should see a double feature of these two films. Uh, yeah, really. I mean, this movie again, and I will say it's not the easiest sit because it does. Well, neither take is a, Clouds. It clouds doesn't. No. Yeah. Clouds. I watch Clouds like and, two, three times. And this is a movie you don't know what happens at no, the end. No, I, <laughs> and, I, I, and this is a movie where I always like to use the phrase like Manchester by the Sea. Was with Ken, was Kenneth Lonergan making his movie and not caring about the audience? He cared he about his not, characters. He did not care about the audience. No, he didn't. What did I say? Did no, no, no. You're saying that. I, I'm no, agreeing with but you. But Claire Denis doesn't care about the audience. She cares about her characters, and I think that's what every independent film has to do. You have to be honest with your characters and not just give people. Uh, a happy ending because this movie has a challenging ending. Well, uh, Robert Pattinson is just so was, good. Has has really carved a niche for himself and his last film, Good Time, which made my uh, best of the year two years ago. Uh, was he was he's, phenomenal? What was he's the one he was in the car? Oh, that's Metropolitan. 
Yes, yes, and that was or a very. Chance. He was just Mitch. in. The, he was just in the limousine. The no, whole... Cosmo. What was Cosmopolitan? It? No, it was something like that. It was. It wasn't. He was in a movie. He was in a western that I thought was good just because of him. He played this character. But oh he, yeah. He just takes a lot of roles to where you know it's not the most damsel. He was in a movie called. It's basically dated the same way as High Life, 2018. His High Life has already come out in, in France and across in some parts of the uh, different countries, but. It's a, it's a roles that he takes. They're challenging. He never plays a good guy, but he doesn't really play a bad guy. He plays those characters that float around on the fringe of society, the gray area. Cosmopolis. Cosmo, Cosmopolis. Yeah, yeah, and in this movie, a... he plays a, a character named Monty, and he has this daughter, but you don't know who the mother is or how he got the girl and if he's really good or bad because these are death row inmates, but... You find out, you follow him because of how good the performance is. Well, he's got those big uh, brooding eyes. He which does. Is, which is why he works so well as Edward in right. in the Twilight movies. Sparkle face. <laughs> but, I, mean, I mean, you think but, about the movies uh, he's done. But I mean. good acting, because you think of Pacino and Dinner in Heat. You think of Pacino you connect with the audience. and Johnny Depp and Donnie Brasco. It's all in the eyes. Or Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah, it's all in the there eyes. There will be blood. If you watch his Daniel Plain view he scares you because he doesn't you just you believe him as his character and you believe robert pattinson as this guy he's a death row inmate but he's not a terrible person he's one of the people in the crew who isn't evil he's just done some bad things and you find out what he what he did along with all the other crew but i think it's a very challenging and i'm gonna keep saying this courageous movie i think this is a movie that people need to take a chance on well juliet binoche before before she won her Oscar, it's phenomenal. She was doing all sorts of movies, and then post Oscar, she just did a few things. But I remember her, her last mainstream movie as the wife of Brian Cranston yeah. in the Godzilla reboot, where yeah. we thought, "Oh, Juliet Binoche," and then she, and she killed off role. in the first. Yeah, five I mean, think about she broke in with, with, with the English Patient. Just a great movie, and, right. and she had a really she had a throwaway role in a terrible Scarlett Johansson movie called Ghosts in the Shell. But in this movie, you know, number one for being a woman who's you know cracking you know fifties, uh, uh, yeah. she's gorgeous. She and, is, and, and she's great in this movie because you know she has a power over these in, over this crew. That's not just because she's a doctor and kind of like the semi captain of the ship. Is that she has she manipulates these people, and it's because of her smarts, her her, her and, and her beauty. She just kind of she does it, and she does that with the audience as well. Even though her motives are not really the greatest, but she's fifty five. She's fifty five. She's gorgeous, and she's great. She's great, and she again she holds a power over you in this movie and. Pattinson and everything else, Claire Denis, just like uh, Denis Villeneuve, is just kind of she makes he makes challenging movies and so does she. Give this movie a shot if you like Robert Pattinson, you'll like it. But it is a it is the outer space movie we have not seen yet. Is it at uh, uh, Frontenac and the Tivoli or either? I want to say for the sure it is at the Tivoli. But backlot. Um, well, that's the high point. Oh, then. Tivoli. Sorry. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to double check because Hugh did give us the lineup. Let's see. High Life is at Plaza Frontenac and the Tivoli starting tomorrow. You should really give it a shot. You know, it's a movie that I, I think, like you said with Penguin Highway, I don't. I think it's original. 
and we haven't seen this space movie yet. We haven't seen her dive. Because as she said in an interview, it's not like pornography. It's sensitivity. It's sexuality. It's not like she's trying to be explicit. But when you were up there in space, the one thing we haven't seen explored is what do you do with your sexual your sexual desires? I mean, how do you suppress that? And what kind of length will you go to in order to do that? And and how does and do you change as a person over time when you're stuck in space? I think it explores all those things with a lot of creativity and a lot of uh. I mean, she leans into it. Let's put it that way. I think the last few years, the indie movies regarding space have been way better than the mainstream Because ones. indie movies, they slow down and they really tackle what happens to the mind. Because Sam Rockwell and Moon. Yeah. And uh, Spike Jonze did that. Spike Jonze did that movie, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah um, no, 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 Duncan no, Jones. No, that was Duncan Jones. Uh, David Bowie's son. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Sunshine, the movie Duncan with Jones, Killian Murphy. Who did. And Duncan Jones did uh, the... the, the the train movie with Jake yes, Gyllenhaal, which yeah. was way better than really people good. people gave yeah, it credit it for. It was smart. It was. Yeah. And uh, there's a space movie called Sunshine that has oh Killian yeah, Murphy, Danny Boyle, and Chris uh, Evans. Chris Evans is in it. Who has? I'm just going to spoil it for you. He has one of the most courageous and heartbreaking death scenes, because and that's another movie where that crew is on a suicide mission. And it's so intense. And I tell you, there's one shot with Killian Murphy in that movie where it's just towards the end where he's trying to connect something. And it's just it, the way that movie is kind of like um, high life. There's a lot. It takes a lot of chances. Well, that's good. That's good to hear. Because, and again, I went into this movie not knowing a, a darn thing. I didn't watch the trailer. I'm like, oh, and the poster has uh, a the hand hands. holding a little girl's hand, an astronaut yes, but, suit. But the astronaut suit is the adult and the child has no suit on. Has no suit on. Bum, 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 bum. And I'll tell you, and I, and I like the way that she deals with, um, she kind of doesn't just do the random, okay, gravity, you're floating. Not when you're basically direct, directing yourself towards the black hole, the gravity thing goes away. So she's very smart. She re, she got a consulting, a scient, two scientists to consult on the That's film. That's what they did on The Martian. Yeah, it's just, you know... It, it's it's different, and, and I like that she didn't just make another movie. She really dived into what happens to people up there. All right, quick hits of what's coming out on DVD and streaming and on demand this week. Well, Glass is out, and you both differ, and I haven't seen it as yet, so I can't break the tie. I'm happy about Glass. I thought it was a good ending to that trilogy. I thought it was unneeded, and the way they got rid of a certain character was laughable. It was laughable, but, but I do think that, was... that is a commentary on how, up until next week, superheroes don't die. I know, and it's just it's one of those movies where I think that if you're gonna bring that out, if you're gonna dust off Unbreakable, you have to do it right. And I think he did. He was disappointing. It wasn't a bad movie. It was just disappointing. Of the three, it's the worst. It's but, the worst, but I think that that if you're gonna, it's like you know, if you're gonna bring it back, you gotta do something good with it. And I think the ending message was just kind of a little bit lame. Well, when I saw Split and the ending tied it back yeah, to Unbreakable, I was like, you I was were like, happy. I know. I, I was, was happy. Like, Whoa! Because Unbreakable, when I saw it, was way ahead of its time because I saw it opening. It was. Weekend. It was. He a got there. Super movie. He got there before Christopher Nolan did. He showed a real world superhero and how he deals or if he wants his powers or mm-hmm. not. I mean, I thought it was great. And in this movie, there's parts of it. The buildup is good. The, the first son, hour is good. The son still being part of the dad's life. That's, yeah. they, Spencer but, Tree Clark. Yeah. But they just, what they did with the mom's thing, that was dumb. 
Yeah. I didn't appreciate. That. I I think because they M, couldn't get her. Because M Night Shyamalan, I I think with the visit, he's kind of made a nice little comeback. But with this one, again, it, it where where you started out with Unbreakable and you end with this, it was disappointing to me. I wanted more. Well, uh, M Night Shyamalan, who did uh, Glass, uh, I will un- say I will say that James McAvoy in this movie is awesome. I mean, uh, I, Samuel L. Jackson's pretty good. I, he too. was good, but I, I just think the way that he because we meet more of the personalities of Kevin, so I just think it was it well was, uh, uh, McAvoy got robbed he should have been he's nominated been, for an I Oscar I mean even in this movie where in one scene where he just goes from three three or four different personalities it's phenomenal oh, but I will Sarah say Paulson that, Sarah I, I never liked her at all no her her, her character kind of turned me off and, and, the whole, and, and the whole time and I guess where, I knew where she was going I knew it was right. something it's up not, to it it's not there's no big reveal because you know and, it immediately. And, and, and this is hard because you don't want to spoil it because, right. but you do get, it does get telegraphed. And, and back in the day, back in the day, M. Night, he would never do he that. He would never telegraph anything. Like well, Sixth Sense, I watch it and I can still kind of be confused by like, ooh, man, I didn't see that coming. Well, but um, that, that, I don't the, even, I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say Unbreakable was the follow up to Sixth Sense and everybody. Right. Unbreakable is um, better than Sixth Sense. Right. But yes. People, you think is, so too. It Good. is. But people were caught off guard because they just thought it was going to be the same kind of thing. Superhero Here, movie. Here's yeah. the thing with Glass. But there is a twist in that. And, 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 and what I liked about Unbreakable is that there was less was more in that movie. He didn't have to pound us over the head well, with the, there's the a, themes. There's the, the twist at the end is pretty head Pounding. I, I know, but even then, that with the way that he built it up, it was subtle to me, and it was, and, and he didn't uh, really have to put I don't a big. about use that. Of, the use of purple. Yeah, yes. I mean, I, I just think for all intents and purposes, it wasn't like here, we, here it is. Here's the big thing. It was subtle. In this movie, he goes way over the top in trying to pound. But Anya Taylor Joy, window. I, I don't. There's no logical her reason. Her character was kind of lost in the whole movie. Right, it's like she was just kind of there. There's and no she's logic. from Split. Yes. And she was better in Split. But Split was a more isolated uh, story. It was about survival. She's not necessarily a good character in Split either. But she's got. But she, she doesn't really stand out like a sore thumb like she does in this movie. Oh, in Split when they t- when sh- they get taken. Oh, and by the way, in this God, movie, we that's... see him turn into the beast so many times it gets to be tiresome. It's like, oh, he's going into the beast. He's getting flexing up. But uh, he really had to do some. I'll tell you what, James McAvoy, you know, the fact that you have given us a great Professor X and this great split crazy he'll be doing it at least one more time. I have man. I'll tell you, that's another podcast, but I'm not hopeful about Dark Phoenix. Oh, so what you were going to say? I was going to say, I think Dan is uh, coming around on this movie. You don't hate it as much as you think you do. It's just the ending is just not good. I I think he wanted a definitive ending because superhero movies don't have that anymore. And he, this movie has a definitive ending. There's no way they can go on with that anymore. It it, it was a square peg in a circle slot for me. Yes, because that's it's. The exact opposite of every other superhero movie. I, I mean, I, I think back at this movie, and I think if it didn't happen, I'd be fine with it. But that's the thing that people loved about I Unbreakable. Like, it wasn't like every other. I know, super movie. but that, but back then that was unique and fresh. He brings it back, and it's not unique and fresh anymore. So you like it up until the last? Well, the la- the the last the last five minute, the last, last five like, minutes. Do you like the last just, five minutes? The, no, I didn't like that either. It was just kind of like. Eh. But it's uh, that's an, that's that was a, that twist worked better than the first one. Nah, see, I I, I like the twist of the unbreakable. The ending, I was like, oh. No, no, no. I'm talking about the first twist and split. 
Oh. I yeah. mean, in, in glass, in glass. Yeah, in glass. Yeah. In glass. I mean, the first one <laughs> was telegraphed. The last one was not telegraphed. I just think there was a movie, that movie, I, 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 again, this is a victim of high expectations, too. True. High expectations. So for me, I was disappointed. Everyone was very Because it was just like this. they built it up with Split, and I was like, yes, yes, yes. And then the way they, they wrapped it up was disappointing. But it's not a bad movie. See, I, I think by the end of the year, it will not be on your worst list. So no. how's Bruce Willis? Oh, no, no, Willis? it's not going to be on my worst list, no. How, how's Bruce Willis? Bruce Willis is kind of... He, he's not given much to do, but kind of be Bruce Willis. But he was always that, especially in Unbreakable, he was the reluctant hero. But he was given more time. And this well, yeah, movie, they the put lead. them all together. Yeah, they put them all together. And, you know, it's mace, it's mostly about Samuel L. Jackson and James McAvoy's character. Because His character is kind char- of a supporting character. Chew up scenery, and Bruce Willis's character never was chewing up scenery. Yes. He was the reluctant he's hero. More he didn't restrained. want to be there. Right. He's more restrained. And, and he's and, playing the same and character. And I just hate the way he. Uh, oh, man. Yeah. I, I there's, a, there's a definitive ending. <laughs> there's a definitive ending to his character, and I hated it. Uh, did right. anybody see the kids' movie? I heard it wasn't that bad. Yeah, Which no, one? I can't oh, actually contend. The boy who would be king. The, the boy who would be king. I, this movie seemed to be to come in and just leave theaters. I know. It came out at a bad time. Is it as bad as the last Airbender? Uh, Avatar. No, no actually, people Airbender. thought it was way that's, better than that's it That's M. Night Shyamalan. I know. Yeah. It, um, people... <laughs> People appear to like it more. They think it was marketed horribly. Uh, it's a modern adventure of the King Arthur tale. Yes. Arthurian legend. Which is not really easy to push these days. Because, you know, no. why Guy Ritchie ruined it. Well, also, <laughs> yeah. But well, I heard this sorts. movie was not bad. No, I heard, I heard actually it's pretty pleasant. Is it one of those movies that just kind of, it, it just, again, bad marketing. It gets pushed to the side. Right. You forget no, about it. No, I saw it marketed a lot when it was coming out. Really? Yes. Okay, so it's not that then. It just kind of got well, forgotten no, it's or just, pushed. I don't. I, th- it, I think you're right. It came out at a bad time. And yeah. sometimes they do. I remember Cinderella Man, a great Ron Howard movie, mm-hmm. came out in the summer. It should have come out in December. Well, you have to look. You, they don't get to choose. The filmmakers don't get to choose oh, when oh, their oh, movies no, I'm come not, out. I'm saying it, it was released in the, the wrong studio, season. Right. Yeah, the studios I mean, picked that. That was a winter movie. That was an Oscar mm-hmm. movie. Uh, Dragon Ball Super... Broly is out. That's also none of us care about that. Uh, there's a couple films on streaming. Uh, I Miss Bala. I saw that was so. Uh, it's fine. It's, and, it, that's and, and the. Did, uh, who? What's it about? Uh, it takes place in Mexico, and this woman needs to find her friend, and so she enters a beauty contest. And but she's also like, the drug dealer is infatuated with her. It is. So, ugh, it, it's weird. I didn't, I didn't care for it, and I just thought it would be. You, she has many opportunities to leave because the she's a U.S. citizen, and they take her passport away, and she can't get back to the United States. And the United, the United States want to keep her so she, they can get the location of this drug dealer, and so she's being used by both sides, and so she has to find a way to win, be, defeat the drug dealer and the U.S. government while still keeping her sanity. Uh-huh. And so she has to, she has to become a superhero. Oh, Lord. But not a not superhero, but she has, to, she has to pull reserves from within her that she never <laughs> knew she had, which mostly happened with an M16. <laughs> Oh my goodness! So and and then she becomes uh, I mean she's a pretty girl. It's is I think it's Gina Rodriguez from yes. uh, Jane the Virgin, and I saw it when it came out in the theater, and 
I, yeah, and this is all from memory. I didn't do any research on this at all. And I'm like, oh, I saw that movie, and I, yeah, it, it didn't register. A, well, there's a couple good gunfights. If you like well choreographed gunfights, then. Did either of you guys see Escape Room? Because I did not. No, I they, did remember not. they didn't screen it for us. I heard it was like the kind of movie that that, that the studio wants to pick up, like a turd in, in, in the dog park and throw away. Well, I also hear it's also one of those like teenagers will watch it when they're like at a slumber party. So yeah. now they can do that, like Curse of La La Rosa. Whatever. That will be one of those movies. Twice. I did. But that that is going to be a movie that like kids will watch on slumber parties. This is the kind of movie where you get at Redbox. You you you'll get a pizza from Domino's and you'll watch it. I don't know. And then the movie that we were all disappointed. But the reason we were disappointed is because the first one is so great and the expectations are so high. And I still enjoy but don't love Lego Movie, the second part. Yes. It took the fun and the freshness very, It was very cliched and predictable. The first one was whimsical and it was even enchanting. I mean, it was fun. And this movie, they just – at the end, I was like, all right, is is that it? Can I leave now? It, it wasn't. It wasn't. You're it being is, a little harsh. It is going to be on my worst list, but it's not, it's going to be on my lackluster list. Like the kind of movies that I thought would be better due to the first one's uh, skill level, and this one just kind of came off as being tacked on. I was looking forward to it so much, and I was very disappointed. Yeah, let down. But there are some positive things about the movie. They are true to the first one, and they they make it so it. I think you'd like the movie better if you are an older sibling. Yeah, because it does bring out the sibling rivalry between the brother and the sister. If you're an older sibling, you like the movie better than if you are a younger sibling. Mm-hmm. If you're a younger sibling, you it, all those memories come back and it taints your movie. Dan, are you older or younger? Are you in the middle? Or only? What do you mean am I older or younger? Of your brothers and sisters. I am the younger. C. I'm the baby. Lynn? I'm the oldest of five. I'm the oldest of five as well. And I think you don't like it because it brought back memories. Tell me how to think, Carl. I'm just, and I brought this up with Max. And I said, if you are a younger sibling, and he's like, oh my gosh, you're right. Because if you're older, then you have the experience of seeing your younger siblings do this. But if you're the baby... You feel like the girl, and you feel neglected like the girl, and that brings up a whole bunch of think, negative emotions. I think there are parts of it that was funny, and just in the end, I was like, yeah, this kind of shrugged my shoulders. It wasn't bad, but it was nothing I'm going to remember by the end of the year. I enjoy Channing Tatum as Superman. I love yeah, his there voice. Were some, uh, Everyone, there were everyone's voices. back, and Jason Momoa's Aquaman. I thought that was funny. I know. Jason and Will Momoa, Arnett. speaking of him, he has shaved off his beard, and he looks weird today. Mm. Oh, wow. Well, Will Arnett, I love him as the Batman Lego. He is. And, and Stephanie is, Beatrice is good there's as not the a lot Captain of, There's General. not enough Batman here. And Batman, as you can see with the Lego Batman movie, yeah, but that he's wasn't so that good. great. I, oh, his! Voice. I love the Lego Batman movie. Yeah, okay. I did too. I just uh, how they Alfred took the uh, how they took the Bruce Wayne slash uh, Dark Knight. Like, uh, it is of like where myth. he just goes, "Hey, Bob, hey, Dad, I see, I see the city again today." 
Yeah. <laughs> then, he, and then he kicks Alfred. <laughs> but I also I also think there's not enough Lord and Miller in this movie too. No, they're, there's not. You could tell that they're you, you could tell that, that they're not there. So Well they're they're there, but they're they're not there. And the, there is one song you can't the song gets stuck in your oh, head. Oh gosh. That that is a great song. It's no everything is awesome, but Yeah. I bet this song gets stuck in your head. <laughs> Is that, it, yeah. it now you're remembering it and you for, laughed at that scene for, for good and bad reasons? Yeah, that everything's awesome though is everybody's awesome. It's just I mean, it, and let's think about I mean I think as we said earlier, it's a victim of the first one feeling so fresh and so fun that this one mm-hmm. it w- w- was almost like bend, bending towards being disappointed. And it tried so hard, it tried so hard, and it was so overstuffed. Well, Mike Mitchell directed this one, yeah. but the story is from Lord and Miller. They they were the ones. It felt like they were it. trying to pack so many different morals of, of children and childhood into the ending. Like, okay, we get it, we get it. And Mark Mothersboro from Devo did the music again. Yes, but I still I think that it's called catchy song. It's not it's, it's not great. Sherlock Gnome's bad, but it's just kind of disappointing bad. We have movie news on Friday. the uh, The name of Star Wars Nine was revealed. The in a rise teaser. of Buffa. <laughs> well, they in, did in, they in did the it the at Star trailer. Wars Celebration Chicago. They did right the teaser, which was kind of like predicted they were going to do that earlier in the week. They said well, see, it had to come now. Well, here's what's going to happen. As as I predicted, they would do this trailer at Celebration, and then you would see it on the big screen for Endgame. And which is going to I happen? I mean, and, and I will oh. say, I am not a Star Wars fanatic, but I, I'd say what I, and I had problems with Last Jedi. But Me too. This trailer, I mean, Billy D. Williams coming back as Lando, um, the scenes where she jumps up in the air over the the, the fighter jet—that's mm-hmm. just woo, man. And then and they it, come ac- they come across the wreckage of the Death and Star. And Mark Hamill's voiceover in this yes. movie in this trailer, and then Ian McDiarmid's well voice at the end. Well, oh gosh, that laugh. But um, yeah, I, I, yeah. I think that they hit all the points. I'm they bad that, all the major I'm hits. glad that because I was a Force Awakens guy over Last Jedi. I, I like what JJ. I like that he's back, and I like that he's gonna finish it. Because I was a guy that liked Rogue One as, mm-hmm. as good as Force Awakens or Last Jedi. But I did like what JJ did, and I felt like Rian Johnson kind of came in and just kind of. Now, tried. would you be interested what uh, uh, Colin Trevorrow? Would have done with this movie? Oh no, 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 <laughs> no! Let no, him keep no, doing no. Jurassic World. Yeah, movies. no, no, ew, no. Stop Well, I was one of the four hundred like people. I like Fallen Kingdom. I, I was it's one of better the f- than the first one. On yeah, on uh, May in in May nineteen seventy seven, I was one of the four hundred people to see it at the Creve Corps Cinema. I on saw it at Creve Corps, and, 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 and we got a button, and I don't have that button and, anymore. And I didn't get a button. And it was one of the first hundred people to see it. And with this one, you know, I love the moment where she hugs Carrie Fisher. Oh, yeah, I, I know. That I know that happen? that's going to be an you emotional know that moment. Five years ago, I know, but but yes. it's still when you see it on film and you see John Williams score, and you know that Lando is going to ask about Han, and, and you just know that's going to be an emotional moment because they have that love hate relationship. Well, you know, because they had that uh, scene in Solo, and he says, "You'll get this ship back over my dead body." I know. Yeah. And I, I just, oh. I, I think no matter if you love him or hate him, I think there's there's a throwback nostalgia quality to these. Star Wars movies, and they yes. never lose that. Because even while I didn't like Star Wars Last Jedi, I still admired it, and there were some great parts, and it did make me think back to the first time I saw Star Wars when I was a five-year-old boy. I, I watched Star Wars in 1987. I was five years old. On that's VHS. when I first... That's oh, did you see it on big screen or VHS? I saw it on VHS, and my dad just said, 
because my dad was you know, obviously change your life. He saw it in the movie theater. He's like, Dan, my exact words, and my dad will think it's just crazy that I remember this. But he said, I didn't love this movie, but I think you're going to. And I, and I, and I watched it, and I was just blown away by it. I mean, why didn't he like it? Um, is my dad is not a big comic book guy, Star Wars guy, science fiction, He's a science fiction guy. I mean, he 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 likes the abyss science fiction, James Cameron, um, <laughs> based he, in reality. Yeah, based in reality. I mean, my dad has to connect to it. And, and look, I love my dad. He was my film school as a kid, and I remember all those. He's times why you like the gangster movies. He is why I liked Road of Perdition a lot. Um, well, the Star Wars movie was initially like a western, and that's a space why, western, you know, the, uh, yeah, space cowboy. And that's why I like Solo because it, it had that one shot oh, where, where yeah. he has that this that that where he's got well, his hand on the lightsaber. Ray, when she's staring down the, gun, the tie the, the silencer, right? Of all the Star Wars movies, Empire Strikes Back will always be no. my my favorite. Return of the Jedi is and, my favorite. But uh, the uh, the initial when you saw that for the first time, it was so fresh, and the no. theme song and everything no. about it. You're wrong. What? This is the everyone hates this take. I don't right. like Empire Strikes Back. I think it's the worst of the three. I, I, I because of it. the ending. I, because when you're a nine year old boy <laughs> and you're there in a theater is, in Dallas, it, Texas, it, 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 it is, is the a Infinity War shit ending. ending. It is a horrible ending. It is an awful ending. No, it's not. When it's you're good. a nine year old kid on vacation and you stop and you're on vacation in Dallas, it Texas, and you have to see it, and you go. That's it? Here, That's how it ends? Here it is. It's the epitome of you'll understand when you're older. Because no. I watched it and I hated it. But when I grew up and I watched it, I was like, that just fits. And it sets up Return of the Jedi. And Return of the Jedi is so good because it brings it all together. And the fact that, you know, when Han's captive and, and, and uh, Luke jumps up into the air and catches the... Uh, and see, see people right hate Return of the Jedi. Oh, um, yeah. I'm not, I'm not a fan. I saw that. This is funny. I, I saw, saw that, that as a 12. the night Return the Cardinals Jedi. traded Keith Hernandez to the oh, that's Mets. a tragedy. That's, that's how I well, always you were remember. Set up for, you were set up to not like it then. <laughs> but, oh, that Jabba the Hutt. Ooh, gross. Yeah, yeah but see, but he I, I think he played, a, I he played a part, though. It was good. I know, I know. But he was a heel. I like I Jedi know, better than the Empire. A couple years ago, no, the the, the right. TNT or whatever. I was sick one weekend, and, and they played all, all of them, I just, I just all of them back to back, I and it was so fun. I was trying to climb out of that pit, and he goes, "Wait a minute, grab my not my leg." But it was so fun to see him Raise all that in gun a, a little higher, <laughs> all in a row. And, and, and of course, and Luke does the flip, and he just uh, grabs the thing, and he goes, "Yeah, yeah." See, there you go. Well, uh, Force Awakens. It was so tragic when Han. And that's why I wait, think hey, that, some people haven't okay, seen it yet. Okay, well, anyway, and that's so why I think. Well, and that's why I think the big is, reveal in Last Jedi with Luke was a cop out. I well, hated it. Well, the thing is, is that to me, Last Jedi. Missed Harrison Ford so much, oh, but did. that was Such the plan. plan. The plan was that the first one was going to be about Han Solo, the second one was going to be about Luke, and the but third it didn't one was survive going to be... without him. But Luke was so. And it turned dark. Luke into a into a grumpy little yeah. hobbit. He's he was, still going to be in this movie. I know, but thankfully this, this in gives spirit, me hope. this trailer gave me hope. It did because. A new uh, because hope. No, we I, didn't, I, I yeah. was going to do it. <laughs> Help me, Obi Wan Kenobi. A tea for it. We were like, Dink, dink. other than bringing uh, Ewan McGregor back as Obi Wan. And um, by the way, I, um, I'm also not the greatest fan of Daisy Ridley. I know she's the the heart of the movies. I just I, I don't like her as much as I should. Where she's staring down that uh, silencer. That was pretty good. She has Anakin's lightsaber, and as you see on her hip, 
That's the gun that Han Solo gave yes. her. Yes. The blaster that Han Solo and gave her in Force Awakens. And she runs, and then she just jumps backward. That's just that, a cool that, moment. That's an amazing scene because they set you it up. she's going to run away. Um, yeah. I, I think they, they hit all the elements. You see and Adam the, you Driver the does do a good job as Kylo Ren. You don't know who's driving that. No. Yeah. They you want don't. you to think it's Kayla Ren, but I don't think it is. Well, uh, the, uh, the well, they had that they they had that Kayla weird Ren relationship. Wants her to join him, right? Yeah, they had that weird relationship at the at in the, the best at, scene where, where he takes out the, all those people. That mm-hmm. was cool. Well, so you know, there's some there's some Jedi, there's some the sort best. of relationship there that we're not because you know why we because they the, 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 they have the same ability and but one's going to use it for bad one's going to use it for good or maybe not maybe it might go that way but they they have the same kind of power but he wants her to use it for bad he wants her to come over to the dark side right and it's just sad it's kind just... of like Darth wanted Luke Skywalker to come over to his side. And there's just so, so many moments, but how would they ever got the footage with Carrie Fisher? I don't know, but it's, I like it. It's going to be. They asked moving. her brother and her daughter, oh. and they and said yes. Of course, yes. because they're not stupid, they said yes. Put our mother in that movie. Well, in this, the trailer, our uh, brother, was, sister, they hit all the greatest hits, and then Lando's I, They did not reveal the title till the end. Right. I love. I don't remember I, seeing Rose though. Someone said Rose is in the trailer. I don't remember no, seeing. No, I don't. Rose in the I don't very, remember. No, I, I, if it is, I think it was glimpse. very, very quick. But I, I just love Lando's laugh. But Billy, Billy D. Williams going. <laughs> that was her, like yeah. That was a good reveal. That was yeah. a really good reveal. I uh, uh, checked on Friday when I finally did get time to see it. And already on Friday, uh, they had had 10 million hits. I watched I watched it three times. So did I. And my, my wife makes fun of me. He's like, how many times are you going to watch that trailer? I was like, oh, Well, because I didn't notice it was the Death Star until the third yeah. time. Yeah. Well, also. It's like when, when Endgame released the first teaser, I watched it with, with Downey on the ship. I was like, I watched that like 10 times. Well, the sound in the trailer is like, so uh, and, and, awesome. And, and, and I kept beginning. going, is this thing on? I kept tapping like a magic. And we things. will see the sound on the big screen next week. Hopefully they, hopefully, yeah, they uh, hopefully it plays. So it's, but um, it's, there is also a, another trailer, and this is something I'm looking forward to. It is a summer double cheeseburger, as I have told the star of the movie, Mr. Dwayne Rock Johnson. And it's a spinoff. Your Twitter buddy. Yes. Yeah, Twitter, Twitter buddy. buddy. Everybody thinks we're buddies. I'm still trying to get an interview with the big guy, but he's kind of busy. But it's a spinoff of The Fast and the Furious, Luke Hobbs. And Deckard Shaw, who were once enemies in Furious 7, have now reluctantly, and that's a big word, reluctantly, came together to battle the genetically enhanced, or as he calls himself in this trailer, the black Superman, Idris Elba, who plays a guy who's trying to end the world. He's got some powers. It's just, but the the plot. What? What? A Fast and Furious movie is now about superheroes? No, 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 no. He, he, but he's genetically enhanced. And uh-huh. so he makes a joke that he's the black Superman. Uh-huh. I, I, still, and, I and, understand and, what and, you're and, saying. And, and I think Idris Elba is going to make this work. The whole idea of the movie is it's the humor. He's because, already a superhero. Because, he's in Thor. Because Deckard Shaw, well, not anymore. Deckard Shaw and Luke Hobbs don't like each other. They are, ah. but, but they both have a unique set of skills. They both can track, and they both can work outside and inside the law. So the humor they show each other, the how uh, they don't want to work together, but they have to. And in this trailer, The Rock does what Captain America did with a helicopter that Bucky was trying to steal in Winter Soldier. He wraps a trainer on a helicopter, and The Rock basically pulls it down while having his arm on a truck. It is insane. 
over the top. Impossible. But it's a director of John Wick and Deadpool, David Lynch. So I can't wait for it. August, it's going to be great. The trailer is going to get eye rolls because people want all movies to be art house, you know, downtown Abbey movies. Do they this, have car crashes and car races? Yes, car crashes. But they, they, they find ways to make them fresh. And they never hint away. They, they, they never shy away from showing it's about these two guys. They hate each other, but they have to work together. Hey, Do they uh, hate each other as much as uh, Vin Diesel and The Rock hate each other? No, no. That's a real hate. Um that that's something that's going to be probably the, it's never going to be explored because they're never going to do a movie together again. I can tell you that. Well, much. what happens on F- Fast Nine? Oh, uh, I don't think The Rock's going to be in it. He has said that yeah, he's done. Yeah, I think. And, just, and The Rock uh, is his own thing. I think that that movie, The Rock's ego was was too big enough to be with Vin Diesel's ego because Vin Diesel that is his baby. That's all he has. And look, I like he's Vin. Groot. I know, and, and I, I, I like Vin Diesel. I, I think he he's underappreciated for movies like ooh, Find Me Guilty. Ooh, 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 well, well, hey, hey, Sydney, in Sydney <laughs> Lumet's Find Me Guilty. He plays Jackie DiNarcio yes, he he, in the longest mob trial of all time. He was great in Saving Private Ryan. Yes, but he is an action star who has leaned on one Triple ability. X. Triple X, which is a terrible movie. But well, in the this first movie, one's not bad. The it's not. It's the not third bad, one. But the last is two. A, a good action movie in the summer is fine. Yeah, and look at look at Drive and look at Baby Driver. And, and he oh, finds and, and and he does give Dominic Toretto a, a, a little depth that he needs, and it's a fun movie. But I think by the seventh and eighth one, Vin Diesel's ego was too much, and The Rock, you know, he, he he's the biggest. He's going to cover a Time magazine for Christ's sake. So I just think that that's not going to happen again. But I do think that even if here here's the big deal. If you haven't watched one Fast and Furious film, I have you can not. watch Hobbs and Shaw. Because all I can tell you is that they had they were enemies in Furious Seven, and now they're allies. That's all you have to know. There, there there's no Dominic Toretto in Hobbs and Shaw. There's no. It's all about family. <laughs> it's just. Two guys having to work together to battle Black Superman. Well, I appreciated J- Jason Statham in Spy. Yeah, and, and I remember, like Jason Statham. And, and remember the baby plane scene in Fate of the Furious where he's trying to save the baby when he's fighting the bad guys? I don't it's, know what you're talking about. It's so okay. funny. <laughs> he's fighting bad guys on this plane. While and, holding a baby? While holding a baby in, in, in a carrier. And he's like, hold on. Oh, yeah, Gucci, Gucci, go. Nah, and he hits a guy. It's just hilarious. And there's a lot of humor in this movie. I well, think if Hobson Shaw didn't have humor... It would just be kind of run in the mill. But these two guys, they're very gifted action comedy stars. Mm -hmm. And and I think that the way they, the fact that in this trailer, you know, there's two doors and The Rock goes, you know, you you, you you should go in that door. And he goes, why? Is there more bad guys behind this door? And he goes, nope, there's one. And they open the door and Statham has to fight 10 guys and The Rock knocks out one guy. And he's just like, he's looking at Statham thinking, "Mm, you're taking a while. It's just that little that macho. They need that. They need that self-deprecating, Self that little jaunty. Yeah, it, yeah. They need it, but, that to make it. But it's successful. also just it's a perfect summer movie. It, it's it's a extravagant. It's over the top. It's ridiculous, but it's supposed to be fun. Well, as long as it's fun, because it's a summer oh, it's going to be fun. And, and I think Idris Elba completely knows what he's doing because when they, when Vanessa Shaw goes, "Who are you?" He goes, "Bad guy." <laughs> It's just funny. Well, I just think the one of the things that drive me crazy about the last couple of Fast and Furious is even where Furious that, Seven, the way it wrapped up. Well, it was no, so, I like so that. I cried. I cried. Okay, I cried. With Fate of Furious Walker, was tacked but on. That one, it took itself so seriously. It did. And then with the whole, 
you know the the space the space and the planes and yeah. Charlie's Charlie's there on talking like this, and it was just ridiculous. Yeah. So as long as they keep it fun, this one is very funny because they even yeah. say that in the first trailer he's like, "You guys got to work together." He goes, "No way, this guy's a real asshole." <laughs> I just love it, and it's just like oh, and uh, and Statham goes, "You know, this is a stealth mission. Look at you." And then Rock goes, um, if I'm keeping track, I've saved the world four times. So I am the man for this job. Right. It's just fun. You have two guys that they're winking at you. And it's just, it's going to, these two guys are the masters of entertainment. I'm telling you. Well, now is the antidote. You know, Mother's Day is coming up. And they always come out with these chick flicks in May. Of course. That are re- totally related to moms. Like Book Club last year. Ew. And I saw that Diane. Ooh, yeah, Ke- that was rough. I saw that Diane. Keaton is in another uh, older woman movie coming up. Uh-huh. And so perfect to take your moms to for Mother's Day. That's become this niche, I think. Older women, chick flicks. You wouldn't uh, take your mom to book club, would you? No, I would have taken my it, mom. Wasn't yeah. it all about Fifty Shades of Grey? Yeah, but... My, Why would you take your mother to that? But it wasn't real. It was a it was a take on... Okay. Um, uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. All right. Well, my question for you, Lynn, being the yes. theater reviewer expert, it's Holy Week, and which movie do you prefer, Godspell or Jesus Christ Superstar? I prefer Godspell, and I'll tell you Victor why. Garber? Victor Garber. As Jesus. As Jesus, and then Victor they put... Victor Garber from Alias? Yes. Yes. He's, he's great. And he had, he had that Afro. Legends of Tomorrow. He was Jesus in Godspell. Yeah. And he was the bank teller in the town who got hit in the head by Jeremy Renner. And he was also in Argo. Yeah, and he's quite... quite he, he was quite Argo. the musical... He's a Ben Affleck guy. Uh-huh. Yeah, because he, he was with his ex-wife... Jennifer he was Garner. quite the musical theater dude. He was back Jesus in, in Godspell. Yes, and I like that because they have the song "A Beautiful City" uh, in the but movie. No, that's in, that's from the movie. It's not from the play, right? Though. But they added it to, as additional because to you, the play because you can't get nominated for best song unless it's original to the film, right? So they add. They, that's why they always add a song like. When they make a musical of something, they add a new song. Well, it's like a Star is Born. That, right, you know, shallow. That, that, that was written for the movie. Right. So, all, the, um, all the music was. Yeah, well, right. I, I prefer the peppy optimism of Godspell, and I did not. I know Ted Neely's made a career about being Jesus in... Carl uh, Anderson's I Good as Jesus. So what do you prefer, Carl? Um, I prefer the movie Godspell, but the soundtrack, I would go with the original Jesus Christ Superstar. Yeah, 1973. No, s- Ted Neal. 70. No, 70. No, no, not the well, movie soundtrack. No. Not the movie soundtrack, but the concept album with uh, Ian the Gillen double. from Deep Purple. Yeah, well, I And had, Murray Head. I had that. As uh, Judas. Double box set, the box, the mm-hmm. the, the brown Right, the brown box, box and, and it had the words. And Because, you know, I went to Catholic high school, and this came out when we were juniors and seniors. We knew every word. Right. I listen every oh. every Holy Week. I listen to both Godspell and Jesus Christ Superstar, and I listen to the soundtrack of the film for Godspell, and I listen to the concept album for Jesus Christ Superstar. Uh huh. There was a, a a revision of Godspell a couple of years ago with a uh, Hunter. Parish, I think, and he was like a hot young son. And if you go and look at the David Letterman clip of of that, they they do the prepare ye the way of the mm-hmm. Lord, you know. Because in the movie, the New York City is empty. Yeah, 
Yeah. And so it's, it's, it's just, you know, I've just always been partial to those because those were in my when coming of age. Up. Yeah. My coming of age years. I will say uh, when the Muni did the Jesus Christ Superstar a mm-hmm. couple years ago, once you hear that guitar open and you're just like, it takes you, transports you back. But I, I saw it at the Fox a couple years ago. I thought Constantine Maroulis was fabulous as G- as Judas. I, and I guess I was one of the few. But uh, I it's like... It's a hard role. It's a hard role. And a lot of people take Jesus Christ Superstar and they morph it into modern times. And I heard one production at the Fox, maybe this was at the one you were at, but Jesus was in pink slippers. I don't or remember Judas that part. was in pink slippers. I mean, it's kind of crazy. You know, I don't remember any. Of I that. know people do all this weird stuff. I just remember I always look forward to King Herod's song, and the version at the Fox was not good. Oh, but and and like last year they had Alice Cooper do it, and he did a great job with it. Oh yeah. Oh Brandon. Oh, what's the guy? He was in Hamilton. He played Judas in the in the yes in the live uh, version John, John Legend, Legend one. I don't know about John Legend as Jesus, but it, the music, <laughs> that's how he got his egot. I know Brandon. Um, Brandon Allen Dixon. Brandon, yes, yeah. Brandon. And he, he wasn't originally, he took over in Hamilton. He was first in, uh, he was in The Color Purple. Oh, that's right. On Broadway. Well, he was. But he eventually was in Hamilton. He was guns a-blazing. Yeah, no. that Yeah, that, that uh, Jesus Christ Superstar on TV got them all EGOTs. Mm-hmm. I mean, it got them. Well, it got a lot of them because all of the producers got EGOTs. So you got John Legend, uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber, and Tim Rice all got EGOTs. And Alan Menken is one away. And so now there are 15 EGOTs for competitive categories. Well, um, our my hero, Lin-Manuel Miranda, is one away too. And... Uh, Robert Lopez, who tried, who while uh, I was driving, he tried uh, last year, didn't get best. I song was though. driving uh, a Fox Theater ticket seller to the theater yesterday, and she said that that there, the Hamilton is coming back. Yes, soon. it is for three, five weeks, five weeks. I ah, cannot so you wait. Do, so you did, kept you kept Lin Manuel from getting his egot. You did, by the why, way. What did I do? Because Shallow won best song. If the Mary Poppins yeah. song would have won, he would have gotten an egot. Now Robert Shallow. Lopez is a double egot. Winner. He's got two of each. Oh wow! Because he wrote for Wonder Pets in the, in the what turn of the century. It's a kids' show, so his is daytime Emmys. But as Whoopi Goldberg says, "Gotta eat." Yeah. Well, Lin Manuel Miranda. The reason he has an Emmy mm-hmm. is because he wrote the beginning song to one of the Tony Awards that Neil Patrick Harris uh, 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 hosted. hosted. And that's why he's got the Emmy because the Emmy puts a category for original song, right? And and that that happened. Most but. of the people that have egots are musically related because that's how you win the Grammy. But you can also do spoken spoken language word that that that's how some people get their Grammy that are not of that like because you can have a Broadway show and win a Tony if you if you're not a singer, right? But it's harder to get the Grammy. That's why most of the fifteen. Have something to do with music. Yeah, that that's a good point. That that, but you know, Lin Manuel was nominated before for Moana, so right. that's the year he could have got it. Where new. Dwayne Johnson had a great song, "You're Welcome," and he sings it himself. He is good. He he's, he he is. Fearless. He makes everything better. He does. I mean, it's it's like what what Gail Gadot 
had to write a little foreword for the Time Magazine thing, and he said, you know what, it doesn't, you don't remember what he said or what he did, but you remember the way that he made you feel when you watch him in a movie. He, he connects. He's fun. Oh, yeah, that's why he's the number one, and that's why he's hosted SNL so many different times. Because he could poke fun at himself, too. You had to be able to he poke fun He knows what yourself. he's doing. Yes. And that's why he and follows also he you started on Twitter. Off, he started off as, as a wrestler. He's an entertainer. He knows what the public wants. He's got the that's people's right. eyebrow. He does. He's got, he's got something. He's got a lot of muscles, that guy. Well, look. Um, I, follow him, I follow him on Instagram, and it's very depressing because he makes you want to go to the gym. Well, Burt Reynolds was the number one star uh, back in the our, 70s. Or as Archer and, said, said Burt Reynolds. And people loved him because he would be on Johnny Carson, and he had that laugh, and he did the play. He did the was, play girl. He was treating everybody horribly that he was sleeping with. Yeah. Well, if you read those books, they're, they're not kind to him. Lonnie Anderson Lonnie, said, Oh. So and so, Sally Field was nice to him when he died, but not while he was alive. No, 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 no. he never told Sally he loved her in in so many words. But anyway, but no, his films with those Cannonball Run, everything. So it's that persona that you you think it's a guy that you could have a beer with. I know? would not want to have a beer with Burt Reynolds. The great uh, one of my favorites, Frank Grillo. When I asked him what his inspiration as as a as a child was, he said when he saw the young the longest yard, that's when he wanted to be an actor. He said that guy, he wanted to be that guy. Oh, Nelly, or uh, Adam Sandler? No, the original one, <laughs> Burt Reynolds. I'm kidding. I I don't even Burt Reynolds didn't watch that movie. He was in it. <laughs> he didn't watch it. No. Oh, I can't even imagine. But no, Adam I mean, Sandler I I think I think he he was kind of like the epitome of a guy who was having fun a movie star, and a guy who was in on it. Right. Norm MacDonald is, Burt Reynolds is the best. Oh, it is. And and the celebrity. Jeopardy. And also, uh, Chewing gum. As, I, ah, yeah. as I asked the, the yeah. <laughs> How you doing? Hey. Ted Ferguson. <laughs> oh, and, and, and uh, Daryl Hammond as Sean Connery. And, yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite. What's your Madeline and Burt? I don't know. It's your mother's a whore. <laughs> but no, back when, here, mother's when, a whore. When, when Archer, when, when Burt Reynolds get a guest spot on Archer, the animated uh, spy mm-hmm. show. On FX. I, I, I actually interviewed H. John Benjamin. He said that was just the funniest thing. He said doing recording stuff with, with Burt Reynolds because he's driving around being chasing around by a car and he goes, how am I? Can you see by this giant erection I'm driving around with Burt Reynolds? <laughs> it's just so funny. John Benjamin, Arby's spokesman. Yes. And Bob's, Bob's Burgers. Burgers. <laughs> well, and um, Master Spy. He's great. As long as we're talking to, uh, uh, long as we're talking about long, longevity on the silver screen, the Tivoli is celebrating its 95th birthday on may 16th oh wow wow yes what are they doing planning Um, for 100 more will be coming um up i just saw a little note about that and i thought oh i gotta mark that we gotta mark the calendar may 16th i uh have a uh uh, early before renovation tivoli story uh this was may 16th a thursday yeah i don't know um they uh were running this this uh, movie called 1900 it had robert de niro and burt lancaster in it and it was about peasants in 1900 oh, it was a fun movie and uh, they were dripping with sweat and it looked a lot of hot anyway uh, the air conditioner had broken at the tivoli and it was late may and they said you can come in and see the movie or you Don't. know not and we chose to see it 
oh dear lord that was like not a pleasant experience so then joe edwards led the renovation of the tivoli and then in the early 80s it became a show palace mm-hmm. and it's still one of my favorite places to see a movie tivoli i know uh somebody that got married there yes so do so you I. rob levy yeah well pete maniscalco oh they didn't get married at the Tivoli. I thought that's where the proposal was written. The, the proposal, proposal was, was written but there. No, they they had the it inside. Oh, because my wife went. I had to. I had a hockey game. See, hockey makes everything better and worse at the same time. Joe Williams uh, was uh, had his wedding reception at a, at a drive-in. Nice. Because he was a drive-in dude. The great Joe Williams, who I always remember when I get a QT cup, is he always brought a QT cup to screenings, and yeah. sometimes. Left early. All right. Or got there late. So we have <laughs> No, a... did not get there late because they wouldn't start the movie yeah, until they, Joe they, got they, there. They, they started They we'll started one Street. movie They started one movie late. It was Skyfall. He got there about a half an hour into it. Oh, we, uh, we, we would wait. We would wait. We had to wait on yeah. Wolf of Wall Street so long well, that we all went out and got, like, provisions. It, it also became a thing with Calvin Wilson. Like, they, they didn't start the film until he got there either. Because they wanted the person from the, the paper. Post dispatch. STL today, I technically. Think, yeah. So um, next week. Uh, what do we got uh, next week? Well, what do we got next week? Sunset. We only have the biggest movie of the world. A small um, um, $15 million Marvel film starring everybody in the world called and, yes. Avengers and, Endgame. And have they been milking the, and the best PR thing, machine? The best thing about it is that the Russo brothers are fooling you they have put stuff that's not going to be in the movie into the trailers well it's good. three hours and 15 minutes good long, so i want four settle hours back. so don't drink any soda no coffee no oh. water should they have an intermission yes no. they just know like what uh, oh, tarantino did gandhi i saw gandhi there was an I, intermission. I, I almost think if it gets to be three hour three and a half or four they do an intermission but if it's three hours and 15 i think they'll try to push it in that's 205 minutes of long. greatness I, I do oh. want to see. I saw something on Twitter that's great. As we all know, our our great allied rep Joe Moskis was on was featured on Wendy Williams. Wendy Williams looking and, like and a, now St. Louis and Amanda Taylor is trying to tag. She's tagging Wendy Williams to try to send Mr. Moskis to the Endgame premiere. So we need to help push that on Twitter. Oh wow, that's I, interesting. I, I have already retweeted it. Mm-hmm. I think that he is a, a Tony Stark. Double. He is the mm-hmm. Midwest Tony Stark. Yes. So we need to go on Twitter and go to at. They had their Geek, premiere yesterday. Geekly Amanda. Well, send them to something. <laughs> <laughs> I look. Uh. I look so forward um, to seeing it because I did enjoy Infinity Wars. It was one Marvel. of the best films of the, the year. Twenty second Marvel. Twenty wow, second, and then he got twenty third and. Far from home, and then he had more Black Panther on the way, and more blah blah blah, and all that stuff. Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange, then Captain the, Marvel, and uh, no, that's not that's not Phase Four. Phase Four is oh, well, it's more on the way. Yes, but they've announced what Phase Four is going to be. It is it starts with Far from Home, followed by Black Widow, followed by the Eternals, followed by Doctor Strange Two, Black Panther Two, Shang Chi. And then the last part of Phase 4 is Guardians Volume 3. Now it's Kevin Feige, Feige. right? Feige, Feige, Feige. Uh, he Feige. says we get to do it differently. Uh, he talks about Phase 4 after Endgame. Because it's because most of the original Avengers will probably not 
be in a many more. Well, in... Uh, well, we don't know. We'll find out next week. In yeah. game, we're going to find out a lot, but I do know from this little uh, six things to know before watching Endgame that Entertainment Weekly uh, produced... Uh, be on the lookout for Pepper Potts and Iron Man's story to continue. Yeah, because she's having a baby. But well, Tony doesn't know that yet. No. All right. And so there's quite a few foreshadowing. You know, they love to foreshadow those uh, Avengers. Just stay off the internet between now and next yes, week. Yes, do not go on the internet because you will be very <laughs> confused and also... Angry. Yeah, angry. And you don't want anything to be... Uh, I don't want anything to be spoiled. No. That's all there is to uh, it. And I just look forward to Stan's last... Um, oh, is this... No, this isn't Stan's last cameo, yep, is it? Yeah, they said it's his last cameo. Oh. Hmm? That's what they said. Kevin Feige said that last week. Well, he'll be in it then. He'll be in it. So until then... You can uh, find me on Instagram and Twitter at underscore Carl the Intern. And every Saturday night on KTRS with Max on Movies. And they go into a deep dive. Um, They have a lot of time. We do. Uh, uh, You will find me, Lynn Van House, in print, online, and on radio, KTRS. And this week I'm in... uh, My movie reviews are always in the Times newspapers, but I did a special feature on Steve Wolf, if you are a theater geek like I am. And uh, I'm also on all the socials. There you go. I'm Dan Buffa. I'm at KSDK.com and StLouisGameTime.com. I'm at Buffy 2 on Twitter. Every Tuesday at 4, I am on the Frank Opinion Show on 590 The Fan, KFNS. And this week, and also, if you ever can't find my stuff at KSDK News, this week, my review of Breakthrough is exclusively on DoseOfBuffa.com. That's it. Bye. Bye-bye. Happy Easter.